Welcome to the 50th episode of our Psych Art podcast series. Today we're talking with Maddie, one of our provisional psychologists here at Veritas, about red flags of manipulation. This discussion will cover signs you are being manipulated, the different types of manipulation, and how to break free from this manipulation you may be experiencing. So to begin, Maddie, what is manipulation? So manipulation is when others attempt to create harmful influence over others, usually by attacking the mental and emotional states of others, and it's done to get what they desire. The manipulator is doing so to create an imbalance of power, which they have control. There is many different forms and manifestations of manipulation, and they range from what typically comes to mind, such as an emotionally abusive partner, through to things like a pushy salesperson. So what are some signs that you might be actually being manipulated? So the key signs of manipulation are feelings of fear, obligation and guilt in interactions with the person. As manipulation involves being coerced into doing something you don't want to do, it often relates to feeling scared to do it, obligated to do it or guilty about not doing it. These feelings are being evoked by the manipulator to control the situation. You might notice that the manipulator often plays a role of a bully or a victim when they do this. And the bully uses fear and aggression to gain control, while the victim acts hurt and cite those feelings of guilt to control you. This is often done through exaggeration, generalisation and manipulation of facts. Another key sign is questioning yourself, actions and memories of a situation. Manipulators will often place blame on others and not take responsibility for things through twisting the conversation and memories of an incident to make you question your own actions and take blame in that situation. You might also notice you're often being manipulated into doing favours for the manipulator. Manipulators will often exploit societal norms around reciprocity by giving a gift or performing a small favour to then request something greater in turn, which you feel compelled to comply with due to the favour they granted you. Manipulators will also use two different techniques to gain these favours. So there's the foot in the door and the door in the face techniques. Foot in the door is where a manipulator will ask for a small favour, which opens to a larger request once you've already agreed. Or door in the face where they ask for a large favour, such as, hey, can I borrow $100 for rent this week? Then when rejected, they smaller up with a smaller request of, hey, can I have $10 for the train home? Which is usually granted as it seems much more reasonable by comparison. Great. Now that we know what manipulation is, what are some signs, which has probably made a lot of the audience start thinking about past experiences, interactions they had with others. What are the different types of manipulation in the work environment? Yeah, so often we see the use of guilt Uh, and gaslighting to motivate you to do more work. So this commonly occurs when you're asked to take on additional responsibilities, stay back extra hours, and done with the reasoning that you're already working less than others, or you're making my life a lot harder if you refuse to do this. So that's a really common one. Another one would be that you get a lot of criticism without constructive. So a manipulative boss may tend to point out flaws and faults in your work without providing any guidance or solutions. This keeps you in a pretty high state of anxiety, eager to work harder, do better, and please them more to show your worth. So they're manipulating you into working harder without giving you any feedback. And another really common one is if there's difficulty communicating in the workplace 
there's usually some manipulation around. So manipulators will often avoid conversations that they don't feel they will have the upper hand in. They'll use exaggeration, generalisation and manipulation of facts to make you feel fear or guilt in approaching them to discuss things further. So this may be things such as exaggerating their own workload or if they don't have time, I'm way too busy to talk to you, talking about how much you're bothering them and stressing them out, and they really blow the situation out of proportion to avoid that communication. So you may be listening and you may have realised that maybe you have been experiencing some manipulation at work. So Maddie, what do you do if you are experiencing this? Yeah, so there's a number of things you should be looking to do. Firstly, that we want to take charge of the communication between yourself and the manipulator. We want to make sure that whenever you communicate, it's always clear, direct and in specific ways. So this might be always keeping written notes of meetings or always having a set time that you meet at and making sure you've got written down exactly what you want to say in the conversation. The next can be something like not letting your own behaviour and feelings being dictated by how the other person's acting. What we want to do when we find out or realise someone's manipulating us is we really want to blow up at them, get really angry, get upset, get them to stop. The thing is that that doesn't usually stop the person trying to manipulate you. It only escalates the interactions and makes them a lot more detrimental. More effective way to deal with it is just to control how you respond to them. Make sure that you're not giving them what they're trying to get out of the scenario. And on that note, you do need to then determine whether the request they're making of you is something that, you know, as a co-worker, you should be doing and is helpful or it's coming from a place that's meant to harm you. So make sure not to agree blindly to requests. Instead, you need to listen, reflect, analyse and take into account whether agreeing to this will help you or hurt you and don't be afraid to say no in these scenarios. You also need to set boundaries around manipulation and find a way to let the person know that you understand they're manipulating you and that you don't want to be part of that conversation. And lastly, the best thing to do would be to seek out a trusted individual who's not under the influence of the manipulator and ask their advice about the situation. Ideally, this would be a manager or a superior you can go to with your concerns. Thanks, Maddie, for those strategies. I'm sure we all can try and put them into practice. Now talking about the other side of manipulation, the manipulator. How can you recognise manipulation tendencies in yourself? Yeah, so we all tend to use some manipulation in our interactions with others. It's something that maybe it's not an everyday part of your life, but we can tend to lean towards it sometimes. So the best way is to evaluate how you communicate with others to recognise these tendencies in yourself. So listening to the signs, could you ask yourself whether you've ever noticed yourself employing any of these techniques? Do you sometimes give compliments just so that others like you? Do you weaponise guilt to get assistance from co-workers? Do you twist the facts of a situation to avoid the blame? Or do you exaggerate your circumstances to gain favour with others? Those would be some big signs that you'd be looking for in yourself to see whether you need to be changing the way you communicate. And how would you advise someone to stop their manipulating tendencies? Yeah, so we'd then be looking to try and be more open and honest with others. So if we're talking in a workplace, we can often tend to lean towards manipulation when we know what we're doing is going to upset someone. 
and to avoid this guilt, we twist the situation. So, for instance, I need someone to stay late at work. I might over-exaggerate the need for them to stay and manipulate the facts of the situation so that the co-worker that I've asked to stay back feels a little less upset about staying. However, mostly co-workers would more appreciate honesty in this situation and truthfully asking someone to stay back late, maybe because I've made a mistake or something's gone wrong or that they need to make a last-minute change to a project, will result in a better working relationship with them. And long-term, we're going to get more achieved together. Mm, Great example. Thanks for that, Maddie. So that's all we have for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this special 50th episode of our Psych Up series. Tune in next time for more discussion information about our topic about taking back the power. Thank you. (laughs) 